Hello, everybody. This is uh, Guy Courtin here with Supply Chain Radio. We are live at CSCMP here in lovely Atlanta. I'm here with Rafi. Rafi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, thanks for being here. Why don't you first give us a little background on who you are and what you do here, and then, and then we'll get into some hard questions about okay. supply chain. Well, my name is Rafi Satrakian. I work at Danone Wave. Most people probably better know Dan and Yogurt. Which, uh, I love Dan and Yogurt. Excellent. Love Dan and Yogurt. Dan and recently acquired a company called White Wave. White Wave is the maker of Silk Almond Milk, Horizon Organic Milk, Wallaby Yogurt, Earthbound Salad. So we recently acquired them and merged to create Danone Wave in the U.S., cool. feeding up to Danone, based in New York. I love Silk Milk as well. Oh, I, perfect. I will, so I, we've got the whole... I've recovered. got the whole thing, and I, I don't buy the flavored Silk Milk. I like the, just the regular yes. Silk Milk. It's, it's Unsweetened. Unsweetened, yeah. Yes. I, don't, I don't want any additive, just unsweetened, yeah. That's nice... That's the healthy silk. stuff. Good, good stuff. Robbie, great. Well, let's talk a little about here. We're at CSCMP. It's day two. Give me the top three trends that you're seeing or you're hearing in the hallways at this event. Well, the biggest thing in supply chain now is how Amazon is just changing the game. Ah, Amazon, yes. And for me, anyone that tells you Amazon is a retailer is wrong. Amazon is a logistics company, and don't let them tell you otherwise. And for me, what's most fascinating is how they're going to get to more and more customers within a couple days of ordering or within a day of ordering. Are you an Amazon person? I'm an Amazon Prime person, I, I will freely admit, and I will tell you this. For those of you who listen to this show religiously, which I hope is all of you, as you guys know, you know, I worked at Forrester back in the late 90s when Amazon was only selling books and CDs. Okay. How cute. How quaint of Jeff. But yes, yeah, so I'm an Amazon Prime member. I've been an Amazon user since really day one. So oh, wow. Yes, I'm, okay. I know them quite well. Okay. hate to admit this, but I get a box a day from Amazon. <laughs> well, you know, that's probably under the average of most people. Anything I need, you just check Amazon for it. First, and they have your credit card information. It's like a couple clicks, and all of a sudden, it's on my way. Yep. So I think the last mile logistics is where there's a huge opportunity, especially when you want to start to reach rural customers yep. or very crowded customers in New York. Two different situations, but there's a lot of challenges. So I think I'm seeing a lot of that, a lot of data, big data is the next big thing. I think a lot of customers are collecting lots and lots of data points, but they're not using them correctly or don't know how to use them. So Ravi, is that... When you say customers, are you saying you and I as consumers are collecting data? Or are you saying those that are selling to us are... By customers, I, I think I was referring to like companies like Danon, manufacturers yep. that are customers of a software company. Got it. Uh, yes. Makes sense. So these manufacturers have tens of thousands of data points from a shipping perspective and transportation side, from a sales perspective, from all the point of sale transactions. And you wonder how you can use the data more efficiently and and what are the key KPIs to be looking at with all this data that yep. you have? So we're looking, obviously, at the Amazonification of supply chain, which is more than just being a retailer. It's really being a logistics provider. You mentioned, obviously, big data and the amount of information that we as consumers are throwing off that companies like Adenon or others are accumulating. Is there a third one you're seeing? You know what? It, it's just to the organization as a whole, just the networking here. Yeah. It's really fun yeah. for me. So I'm on the young professional side, so I'm just getting started. What I realized, it's so easy just to shake someone's hand and say, where are you from? What do you do? Yep. And all of a sudden, you realize the world's so small. This person worked with someone you know from your company or they met someone earlier. And it's fun for me to get started. It's also fun for me just to observe the people that have been coming here for 10, 20, 30 <laughs> years. That's old farts like myself. Yeah. been here many years. <laughs> and they know everybody, and they're just here to reconnect. And like this is their one time a year to see friends. To get out of the basement, to come. Not and just colleagues, but friends. Yeah. And connect, and that's why the evening sessions are a lot of fun, too. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about your day-to-day job and what you're seeing with Danone. We talked about data. We talked about the consumer. We talked about Amazonification. 
you know, we just talked about, you just mentioned some of the products you guys have. I mean, when you think about supply chain today and you think about that last mile delivery, what do you guys or what do you see in your role as the biggest challenge the supply chain has or will have in the next year or two or five? Absolutely. So there, I think last mile, from a consumer perspective, the last mile is big. I think from a business to business, so from our DCs to our customer DCs, yeah. it's going to be... So I'm in trucking. I do truck analytics. and I, We all talk about AI. Yep. We talk about autonomous trucking. We talk about driverless vehicles. I mean, that's hopefully all coming because right now we have a big aging truck driver population in the mm. U.S. My biggest worry is... Is that population going to make it in time for AI, for, ah, autonomous trucking to come and take over? Like the driver population, a big percentage of it, maybe they have 10 years left. A lot of them are like have five years left. Yeah. So if Thomas Truck is going to make it in 10 years to fill that gap where all of a sudden we might have a very big void in, in truck drivers in the U.S. That's what keeps me up at night. No, that's a really interesting point. And I, you know, I was at another conference earlier this month and we, one of the sessions talked about exactly to your point. I think it was something along the lines of just in North America, almost a quarter of a million of truck driver shortage in the next few years Yes, is possible. And so you're right. So it's almost like if we can't get to the autonomous driving trucks to fill that gap, right. what do we do? What do we do? Because, and I would argue the, the hard part too, right? And correct if I'm wrong on this, Rafi, is that not only is that gap coming, but the reliance upon more on the road distribution fulfillment is also increasing right so while we see a gap of 200,000 plus drivers the demand on that network is going to increase while the asset is going to decrease exactly more and more people because there's going to be more last mile focus more and more drivers are going to want to do those last mile jobs where they're staying at home they're not out Mm, on the road right but we still need that core driver base to go cross country to go north south east west yep several days, weeks away from home, and I'm wondering where that intersection is going to be. Yeah. Now, I will say, I don't have any stats or science behind that, but I have a baby girl at home. Yep. She's eight months, so she's just born. And my big prediction for her in her life, early on in her life, is that she'll never drive a car. That by the time she's 16... That. Now, is that a prediction as a professional or as a dad? <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah. A little bit of both. Okay. I just, I think it's going to be the same way my parents use... A rotary phone? Yeah, <laughs> or the record. Record, like yeah. That. Like, my daughter's going to say, I can't believe you drove. And, like, me and her are going to have a conversation in a But the good old days when you had a... Yeah, when you had a... Moving by yeah, itself. got it. So I think it's just my big prediction. I think it's eventually coming. And we have some people here from Uber very passionate about yeah. it. They even want to invite me to Pittsburgh to try out their driverless vehicles. Like, they're working very hard night and day. The question is, is it going to scale fast enough to cover this driver shortage that we're going to face in the next five, 10 years? Interesting. So that's a bold statement. You know, I, I've had this debate myself about the future of cars, right, and driverless cars. And, and actually, it's interesting. We did a podcast when I was in London about this, and one of the things we talked about was how does that change society, right? You mentioned your daughter. I have a 10-year-old son, same thing. Like, part of me is as a dad, I was like, I don't want him on the road. Like, I remember my, I mean, I still drive like an idiot at times. But I remember myself as a 16-year-old driving a car for yes. the first time. It was, looking back on it, I'm like, oh my goodness, thank goodness, like, I survived that. But the question becomes, I guess, maybe it's more a philosophical question, from a supply chain standpoint, from a father's standpoint, all this, is it a technology question or is it an acceptance question? What I mean by that is, yes, technology is still catching up, yeah. but... Are we as a society, are we as people willing to give up the control or perceived yeah. control of the car 
and what will come first. Right. Let me ask you this. Do you have either a parent or like a friend that can't stand when they're not driving? Yeah, me. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so if you're I like fidgeting the, oh my in goodness. the passenger seat. I still drive a six-speed stick shift. Okay. Okay. So when I like when I get in my girlfriend's car and she has an automatic and my left foot's like, where's the pedal? Okay. I can't find it. So, yes. I still know exactly. And if she's driving, you're like. Both she and I agree when we're together, I'll drive okay. because she doesn't like to drive. But yes, I'm not going to sound bad. But yes, when she's driving, I might be like, well, I'll give you a better example. When my mother drives, I'm like, no, I should drive. Like, okay. this is like. So my point is, like, we're still, people are still antsy when they're not driving and there's the option of driving. Imagine how antsy people would be when there isn't even the option of driving. Right. Like, it's slow down. So is it slowing down? Like, <laughs> pressing the foot down on a right. non existent pedal. I think that's going to be a big part of the acceptance thing. Obviously, regulation is going to be big. And I think just scale. The scaling is what I'm most interested in. It's cool to have a project in Pittsburgh or San Francisco and some trucking projects out in Arizona where it's wide open. But New York City, how are we going to get it? Or Chicago or Boston. Boston, How are we going to get it? It's just going to be something interesting to watch. Yeah. No, it's interesting. So let's pivot a little bit. You talk about driverless vehicles. You're talking about what's done on your working lot on the truck side. What about drones? Like, do you see that as something that could fill the gap or be complementary to last mile delivery or even more long haul delivery? That's interesting too. Again, scalability. Can you have, okay, you can do one drone. Larry Manning from Domino's Pizza is here and he gave a cool presentation yeah. of Domino's is doing a lot of technology work yep. with driverless delivery and a drone delivery of pizza. Ooh, drone delivery. Yes, the, oh. delivery, the pizza comes down, it has that bag that keeps yeah. the pizza warm, just drops at the front door. It's funny, the drone will do the front door. The challenge with a driverless vehicle is you have to get out and walk like 25, 50 feet to the car to get the pizza. Right. And sometimes when you're ordering a pizza, you're like, it's cold, you don't want to go outside, no. or yeah. you're not well, the fully The whole dressed. point of delivery is you want them to bring it into your, yes, you know, yes. your front door. The drone has the advantage of going to the front door. The question is, who's going to control hundreds of drones to houses? And Skynet? Going back to Amazon, like getting a package a day, like, are you going to have like, the sky's going to be dark of drones? Like, what's... What's that going to look like? I'm not sure. Now, that's from the consumer side. From you, from a Dynon side, do you guys think that's going to be something you could look at? Or is that maybe it is something you're looking at? But do you envision that being an option, not just to make up for the shortage of truck drivers, but just as another alternative to say, all right, you know, I need to ship silk milk and, right. you know, from point A to point B. It all depends on the technology and how far it's going to go and how easy it is to control and, it's funny, right now we're probably thinking that's way off in the future. And right. We're going to have this conversation again. And well, your daughter's going to have a conversation and say, you know, when she gets her pizza delivered by Domino's on a drone, oh, yeah. and she never drives in which gas, you yeah. dad, you mean you actually went to the pizza shop to get yes. pizza? And yeah, she's going to drove she's, there? She's gonna have a dr- yeah, I actually drove somewhere. I actually drove a car. Right. I actually had to wait for packages. Yeah, you had to wait for the pizza, and she didn't, you know. So, yeah. okay. So that's very interesting. I think it's to your point, I think what we're seeing is like everything nowadays, right? Does the consumer technology side accelerate the adoption of certain things yeah. faster than the B2B side? Does the consumer technology side sort of leapfrog some of the business side? So I think it'd be interesting to see. I think from a parent perspective, just to wrap up, is it's funny now to have this benchmark. She'll like be my benchmark of where I'm at now and of what she's experiencing over the course of the year. It'll be interesting. I'll come back on in 16 years. Well, come back. Well, let's hopefully, hopefully, Rafi, you'll come back on before 16 years is up. But great, Rafi, this has been really fantastic. Appreciate you being here on Supply Chain Radio. This is Geek Wukten with Rafi. Another episode of Supply Chain Radio. 